But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. Uh, no Chase Caldwell today, uh, but I am joined by uh, my good friend Robert Behrens uh, from Good Bull Hunting. Um, Robert, I, you know, our, our intro starts with uh, with Jimbo saying, you know, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, <laughs> and we ain't done yet, but well, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm afraid that we are done. Well, we're not done. Jim, Jimbo apparently. Is, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Let's uh, let's not waste any time and and, and get right into the the, the uh, thick of this thing. Um, announced on on uh, early Sunday morning uh, that, that Jimbo would not be retained as the head coach at Texas A and M. Uh, was it was this pretty surprising to see uh, on on this? Like, first of all, at all, and then like during the season. Absolutely. I, I mean, I was certainly of the opinion that I thought it was time to move on from Jimbo. Um, but I didn't, I had no clue as to whether that was actually going to happen. And, and you heard a lot of rumblings from people more connected than me, uh, kind of intimating that it probably wasn't going to. And, uh, but then, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, we all were sitting there in our pajamas on Sunday morning, uh, <laughs> when the news broke. Um, so yeah, first time that I can recall, uh, a firing a coach in season, um, yeah. So yeah, definitely, I think caught everybody off guard. Uh, although I do think when you start breaking down the timeline of everything, it I, it makes more and more sense the more you think about it. Right. Um, and you know that plays into a we're playing ACU this week. So if you're worried about the firing being a distraction and that having a negative impact on the field. Um, I mean, it, it may impact the players, but that's not going to – you're not going to lose to ACU. I'll, I'll do respect to to them. But, uh, yeah. you know, A&M's going to win this game either way. So, from a game perspective, um, if you're going to do it in season, it makes sense to do it right now. Yeah. Um, and then just – I mean, the way the college football calendar is structured now, you know, you the transfer portal opens in December. Obviously, it's open right now after after the firing. But then yeah. you also have early signing day uh, looming just like a month away. And so you kind of – you can't wait till the end of the season to fire a coach and start looking for someone else. Um, yeah. So, you know, you have to like – you have to move. You have to get your new guy in place so you can actually try to hold together your your signing class. Right. And and obviously, like, we're not expecting an announcement this week or anything. But – No. Uh, and, 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 of course, like, they are going to have their back channels and, you know, reach out to agents and whatnot. Uh, but this, like, signals to the, the country, hey – this job is open. Uh, these are what our expectations are. Our current coach wasn't meeting them. We made a change, you know, and we're looking to move forward in a different direction. And, you know, the, the, the coaching, you know, market in terms of like jobs coming open, uh, it's, it's not really a big year, you know, like maybe if like the only other big job, like, like, like truly like, you know, top 15, top 10 job, would maybe be, be Michigan if they get in trouble with Harbaugh, but you know I think they like uh, their OC Sharon Moore quite a bit. So you know he he coached the game this past weekend. Uh, he may just be a plug and play if uh, if Harbaugh chooses to move on or if something else kind of happens there. But 
Um, you know, like I think Mississippi State announced today that they fired Zach Arnett. Um, there's rumors that Arkansas can make a move with Sam Pittman, but um, in terms of the the like big time brands, like it's it's good that you're not battling with an LSU uh, or a Georgia or, or USC something like that. Like a and should be the 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 like the biggest program or like best opening on the market. Uh, and I'm not sure what direction they're going to go, but that should, you know, make us feel a little bit better that you're not you're, like, you're not having to outbid like, like some of the truly like, like blue bloods of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause you look at, it was only two years ago where all in one off season, you had new, new hires at I think LSU, Miami, Notre Dame, Oregon, Oklahoma, and USC. Um, what you know, that would be a nightmare scenario. <laughs> yeah, ex- absolutely. Um, I, just because as good a job as A and M is, um, you know, it it's I don't think it's the top job amongst that group, and and that's you know, yeah, I think it it's surprising to me just because uh, I, I think you and I are on the same page where I I felt like it probably was the smart thing to do, which is why it surprised me because that's not what A and M typically does. Um, <laughs> But yeah. this this made a lot of sense to do it early, but like to even do it at all, I was skeptical. And to be completely honest, I was dreading, you know, trying to <clears throat> maintain this podcast for the next off season with a lame duck head coach. And yeah. I was like, "What the hell am I going to talk about?" Like, I ha- I have zero faith that our our current coaching staff can get us to where we want to go. And you know, it was going to be frustrating if we had to endure that. And obviously it's not cheap. We'll, we'll get it into the buyout here, here in a bit, but uh, props to the, you know, the, the, the regents and, and Ross Bjork and who all, you know, who all like whoever went into making this decision to uh, actually make it and, you know, realize that, Hey, you know, this is not where we want to be and it, it's time to make a change now and not wait for another year. Because uh, I think that the, the first time it, it truly clicked for me is like, I was just seeing like, Oh, like 77 million. That's so much money. Like, there's no way we pay that, but a, you know, a few weeks back, you lined out in a post on Good Bull Hunting that uh, if you wait one more year, it saves you like not very much money. <laughs> like you still yeah. have to pay yeah. like several years of installments if you fire him now or if you fire him next year. Like it's it, it was very little difference, and if you're gonna end up doing it anyway, why not just go ahead and get it out of the way? Yeah, yeah, essentially because you're only paying twenty percent of the buyout up front. And then the rest of it is just financed over the remaining years of the contract, which right now is eight more years. Yes. So you're right. If you wait another year, it saves you a total of, yeah, about $9.5 million. Um, But I I mean, my bigger argument there is just, I mean, you talked about it from the podcast perspective, but like what, you know, long-term damage could you do to the football program, to the athletic program in general? Um, if you give Jimbo another year here, where, where, like you said, you know, just like you had had no faith in the program. I didn't have any faith in the program getting better. I think you would have seen the same thing from, from current players jumping in the portal uh, from recruits, not, you know, considering AM an option. Um, And like, you could say, Oh, it's just one more year, but like that one more year could do, you know, three, four, five years worth of damage before your program fully recovers from it. Um, so to me, that that was why, um, as huge as the buyout is, uh, you could still make the case that it was that this is still like the safer play uh, because it's 
I'm sure it hurts them financially and it's going to hurt for a long time. Uh, but you, you give yourself the chance that if you get this next hire right uh, to, to write the ship relatively quickly. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that. Like if we, if, if, if we lose faith, like, you know, it's going to be tough for like, like, like AM does a great job of supporting this program. And, and so do the students and so do like, the, like we had 103,000 at the game on Saturday against four and five Mississippi state. And we were five and four with a, you know, with a heartbreaking loss to Ole Miss the week prior and, you know, not a lot of confidence in our team and our fans still showed up and that's what they do. And if, if it had rolled around the next year and you started seeing a little bit sparser crowds and, you know, it, it would have just been even more, even more demoralizing to, you know, have to go through another, like a full season of, of apathy, uh, especially with, you know, the changes to uh, the college football playoff, the changes to the SEC with OU in Texas. Um, you, you, you just couldn't go into next year with the, with the lame duck coach. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I applaud them for making the decision. Like it's, it's, it's tough to do, but uh, it, it was, it was, it was the right move. Yeah. And, 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 you know, no matter who we hire, there's still the chance that, you know, next year is going to have growing pains. Um, you know, it may not be, you know, as much as some people say that this is like, a, you know, a turnkey contender for the right coach, you know, you never know what, what the off season is going to hold. You never know, you know, what kind of, trials and tribulations they're going to go through in year one um but the bottom line is that you can accept things going wrong or going badly in year one uh right. of a tenure because you you can kind of write it off as oh well they're they're just getting their guys or they're just implementing their system uh, and you kind of expect that everything's up from there um yeah there there would be none of that in year seven um yeah. because and, i mean that's where i was with jimbo it was just that I guess much as I wanted to believe, and I still wanted AM to be great, I, I I lost faith, you know. And I said like, there is no reason for me to expect anything different from this team under him than what we have seen the past three seasons. Yeah, um, and that sucks. I mean, because I mean, we were all over the moon when Jimbo was hired. You know, we and oh, yeah. like, and as recently as like a few months ago, I think we all still thought that they could turn things around and that this could be, you know, a really great program under him. So, I mean, so it sucks it didn't work out, but um, but I think the writing was on the wall, and so I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad we're not having to endure, like you said, a whole year, a whole season uh, of of basically knowing that it's over and right. just trying to ride it out to save some money. Yeah, and you know, as far as uh, the like the current team goes, and uh, and what the next coach is stepping into, it, it's. Like that number one class, assuming you can hold most of those guys together, uh, they're they're gonna they're all gonna be in their money year next year. They're all gonna be juniors. Um, if you had waited an, another year, and like you, you probably would have lost some guys like to transfer anyway if you didn't make a change. Um, so now, like if if that whole class were to leave, and then you bring in a new coaching set, like at that point it's a it's a total rebuild. So like at least now you still got a, a ton of talent on this roster, and you know. You made the change early. You can go and hopefully try to bring someone in, you know, and 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 calm the seas a little bit and try to get everybody on board that's still here, uh, you know, as well as finish out the current recruiting class. So, um, I think timing wise, you know, it's 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 a smart it's a smart move. I'm I'm glad they did it. Um, in terms of you know our, our our loss of faith and and you know 
you know, at the start of this year, I, like I think a lot of us were still like, hey, you know, as as bad as last year was, and it was bad, uh, there's still a chance. Like this team yeah. was was very talented. Um, we were excited about Connor Wigman. Uh, the defense was going to be, you know, super salty, and we brought in an offensive coordinator. And that was kind of like, you know, the last ditch effort to, hey, like, th this is probably going to work and it's, it's all going to be fine. But I guess at, at what point this season, like for you, were you finally like, hey, like, this is not it. It's not going to work. It's it's over. For me, I think when the worm really turned was the Tennessee game, because like Miami, I mean, Miami sucked. I, it was kind of like almost unexplainable how that yeah. game happened. Um, but you kind of, I mean, it's the first game of the season. You're like, well, it's a non-conference game. Everything's still in front of us. Um, the Bama game, super disappointing, um, but mostly disappointing in the fact that, you know, like, you knew that, like, we played, you know, we played well enough to win. Like, we, you could see, like, a path to us winning that game, um, and, they just, and they just didn't do quite enough. Um, but, it, yeah, I think that next week, just seeing – once again, you know, that team not went on the road. Um, and, and Tennessee is not as good as Alabama. No. Uh, you, you know, and that's definitely played itself out over the past few weeks. Um, and it's one of those where it's like, it's not, and it wasn't about like any one of those individual games. It was just about the fact of like the cumulative effect of seeing that same thing play out over and over, where at some point, like at some point, you just have to win more of them than you're losing. Yeah. Um, and, and it just wasn't happening. Yeah, you know, I I I agree completely. It, it was it was that moment for me uh, as well. Like it, I think it, it started with Bama. Like that was was kind of the beginning of the end. Um, like just the uh, the way that Jimbo coached in that game and 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 kind of played scared and uh, just like you know mismanaged the clock and like didn't use his timeouts and all that sort of stuff. I was like, man, this guy is just he's never going to change. Like. Maybe we get enough talent and you know a healthy Connor Wigman to overcome some of that stuff. But my my confidence was was already pretty shot after that game. But yeah, like the Tennessee game, like I, I was I was I was at the game um, and just watching it. And after the, like after it ended, just yeah, it, it was the same feeling I've had you know a, a dozen times in the past couple of years. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, it, it it was familiar and it, and it sucked. And I'm like this this. Like I, I don't know how the rest of the year is going to go, but uh, I'm pretty confident that this coach is not going to get us there. Um, yeah, and it felt like like Ole Miss was the game that kind of like I think it, it convinced the boosters and the regents to to really, you know, to uh, it, I think that it kind of inspired them to make a change after that game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I think you know, as bad as you know things had gone. If you could have beaten Ole Miss, and then like a few weeks later you managed to beat LSU, if the team went nine and three, I, I think he comes back next year. Yeah, um, yeah, because like you go nine and three, you can go to a bowl game, and if you, you potentially get to ten wins, double your win total from the season before. I mean, I said in the preseason that was like that would be undoubtedly like a successful season. Um, but as it is, you know, we're looking at seven and four, eight and or sorry, seven and five, eight and four. Um, and, and I had said, uh, like to me, eight and four is what I dreaded, not even yeah. because of the whole, like, just, you know, A&M eight and four meme, uh, but just because I felt like it was that no man's land of where it's like, you're not happy with how the season went, but you also didn't 
do badly enough to justify hiring a new coach. Right. Um, so, is it, yeah, so part of me is glad that they went ahead and made this move because, I mean, I could absolutely see like A&M having the potential to go in and beat LSU, you know, in two weeks because. Oh yeah. As, yeah. as I, even though we've never won in Baton Rouge in the SEC, but I mean, this LSU team is, they're not as good as they were last year, in my opinion, and we beat them last year. Um, and so, you know, I, as frustrating as this A&M team has been, like they've been within one score of Alabama and one score of Tennessee, and, you know, yeah. once, well, you know, one field goal of Ole Miss. So it's, it's not hard to say like with really tiny changes or just a little bit of fortune that they could beat LSU. So I'm glad that we're not coming down to that with that potentially having Jimbo's job on the line. Yeah. And, like- and, 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 I, and I say that, like, I don't mean that, I w- not that I would be rooting against AM in that scenario. Right. You know, yeah. as, as Nagy, like, we're always wanting our team to win. Um, but it, it's just that, like, there was nothing else that Jimbo could have done this season to change my mind of, like, what he was going to be long term. Yeah. I mean, you know, and there were people who, like, in their arguments to keep Jimbo talked about, well, it's like, you know, if you lose him, like, you're going to lose, like, you know, these players to the portal, or you're going to, you're, you're going to lose some of your recruit, recruiting class and things like that. And as much as like as into recruiting, as much as I follow it, I mean, my reaction was like, why does it matter? Like, because exactly. we've been recru- we've been recruiting great, and we're still a mediocre football team as yeah. far as wins and losses. So like, keeping Jimbo around just to maintain recruiting or maintain you know the talent on the roster is meaningless because he's not going to take advantage of it. Yeah, and like I keep seeing, or I, I see, I'll see some some people on Twitter, like some AM fans, are like, "Oh, like, like, do you think we can keep so and so committed?" I'm like, "Like, like, like, who cares?" You know, yeah, like, <laughs> like, don't, don't focus on like individual players. You got to no. get the right guy at the top, and then everything yeah. else takes care of itself. That 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 literally, it it doesn't matter. Like if yeah, <laughs> if, if we if we go hire, uh, you know, uh, uh, like 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 a Dan Lanning or, or Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. And one of our top recruits bolts, like, so what? Like, you, yeah. you went, you went, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you went, got a coach that you believe in. And, like, you know what? There's, uh, like in today's game, there's, you know, there's the, the portal, there's still, uh, like JUCOs and, and smaller schools. And, yeah, it, it just, it, it just doesn't matter on, on the, on the, in the large, like, scheme of things. So, um, but I'm, I, I'm glad you said that, like, because I have the same feeling. Like, I, I cannot root against AM, I, I cannot do it. Yeah. Um, now when, like, if the Cowboys are like, if like the, a few years ago, whenever Dak got hurt in like game six, I was like, lose every game, get a better draft pick. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do that. It's, it's the NFL. Like who cares? But right. I, I cannot root against, like, I can't root for Anon to lose, even if I want the coach gone, you know, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm so glad that they, they made the choice without having to, you know, see the full season. Cause now I, I I'm excited for that LSU game. Like I want to see, you know, Elijah Robinson and uh, and Jalen Henderson, and like just see, like see all these guys unleash and just playing loose and like, like, like you got nothing to lose. I think that's a it's a great feeling. Yeah, well, and I remember, um, I think in, you know the fourth quarter they put David Bailey in there, and it was just like, why why have we not seen him <laughs> at all this year? Yeah, exactly. But- like, like I, I legit, like I had halfway forgot he was on the team because, like, because he, he, 
when he got his first carry, he ran for like nine yards, and I was like, who's 26? <laughs> uh, yeah, and like that, like, like he had, a, he's got more production than any other running back, you know, as far as his career goes, and yeah. we just didn't use him. So uh, I, I guess with that, like, let's spend a little bit of time just kind of, I guess like some of the like big picture stuff and kind of key things uh, to like, like to where, like where you think that Jimbo kind of uh, like his shortcomings here at A&M, like, was it, uh, I know it was, it was probably a dozen things, but you know, like there's you know, not have a special teams coach. It's the, uh, the offense, it's the, the, the non-aggressiveness uh, in terms of his, you know, coaching style. Um, I guess, are there, are there a few things that stand out? It's like, Hey, this is what really kind of did him in. I mean, I mean, to me, I mean, the offense, I think it begins there, obviously, because yeah. I mean, Jimbo's an offensive guy, like that's, that's his bread and butter. And that's been the Achilles heel of this team, like since the moment he got here, essentially. Um, and it was always really frustrating, because yeah, you would assume that when he came here, that as long as we got the defense squared away, that we we're going to be in pretty good shape. Right. And between Mike Elko and DJ Durkin, the defense has been pretty darn good. Jimbo's entire tenure here. Um, and like to the point that if we just had, you know, a functional offense slash offensive line the past three years, even with all everything else that went wrong, I think yeah, Anum would have been in pretty darn good shape. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember like back when I was in school, like twenty thirteen and fourteen, we couldn't stop anybody on defense. Like I remember watching Missouri run yeah. for like 300 yards and a quarter against us at, at Kyle field. And, you know, that <laughs> side of the ball for the, for the most part held up its end of the bargain. And when you are an offensive coach and a, you know, quarterback whisper or whatever else, you know, like whatever other moniker you want to <clears throat> put on it, uh, that side of the ball underperformed throughout his tenure, like pretty much the entire time he was here and it didn't get, it actually got worse year over year. Yeah. Um, and I, that, that yeah that's that's probably the, the ultimate like hey this like he, he's he's just so stubborn and stuck in his ways he wasn't going to change and that's probably yeah that's it, probably the biggest factor in his his undoing yeah well and i would say i and a big component of that is offensive line because i mean really you know people talk about it this year but like four of the last five seasons the offensive line has been terrible like 2020 it was great but every other year since 2019 the offensive line has been really really bad um and that's not even something unique to a&m that was true in his last couple years at florida state yeah um and so you know people talk about oh well it's steve adazio or or they try to you know excuse the overall results because we keep you know losing our quarterbacks for the past three years but it's like no like but like the, the the offensive line sucking is why we keep losing our quarterbacks like when they get hit more than anyone else does, they're going to get hurt more than everybody else does. Yeah. Um, and at some point it's like, you know, that's not like, that's not an, something that you can use to excuse Jimbo. Cause like Jimbo's a culprit in that happening. Because <laughs> um, just at some point when it happens over and over, it's not, it's not an anomaly anymore. It's yeah. just like something is, is going wrong here. Yeah. I think if you, if you were honest with yourself and like looked at, at the last three seasons, I think really and truly there were six quarterbacks that suffered significant injuries. Like in 2021, obviously Haynes came with the whole season. Uh, Zach Calzada, by the end of the season, 
was held together with duct tape and super glue. Like, yeah. <laughs> the dude got beat to a pulp. He and did. then, like, obviously last year, you know, uh, uh, Max breaks his hand. Uh, Wigman, or not Wigman, uh, King was, you know, was barely able to, to move around and uh, played in that Florida game even when he probably he probably shouldn't have. And then this year, you know, you, you lose two more guys. And Max, I think Max this year was the most, like, glaring one because, like, you know, he just he got hit every time he he dropped back to pass. It's it felt like like he he got hit more than any other quarterback I've seen at A and M. You know, and, and it feels like that's uh, I, I had to go back and check and like see if the numbers back that up. But like every game, his his jersey is just filthy, and like you know, apparently he has some broken ribs. You know, from from the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it it's it, it's untenable. And like you, you can have a bad like like twenty twenty one. The O line was bad. Like, hey, we lost four seniors that were here forever, and, right. and they were great. But you know, it, it's 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 an anomaly. Let's get it back going the next year, and then it got worse, and then it got worse again this year. And, yeah, somehow, <laughs> yeah, and you, you just can't. It's it, it's not acceptable. So, um, yeah, it. I I I think you know if if he had maybe made a change at offensive line coach after last season. Uh, I, I know it would have been three different ones in three years, but, um, you know, I think all in all, you know, that, like you said, it, it held him back at Florida State. It, it, you know, ultimately held him back here. And, um, yeah, in, 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 in big-time college football, you've, you you got to be able to block, you know. And I, I've, I've seen some stats. I have to go find the numbers. I should have wrote this down. But uh, I saw a stat, like, like on A&M's dropbacks, they leave them, like, the least number of blockers, like, in the country uh like they don't max protect they don't use tight ends or backs very often yeah and uh like it's like even if the o-line was decent they kind of put them at a disadvantage with the way they coach yeah well and so much of it is you know like there yes uh, guys get beat one-on-one but it's i remember especially in 2022 so many times you just saw like there were just free running defenders because because the guys just missed assignments and like and that's not on the players like if players are missing assignments it's because they weren't coached well yeah i mean and and that's i mean that's that's how legman got injured this year it was you know it was a blitz that didn't get picked up and it's 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 kind of poetic that uh is is, and 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 i really don't want to come off as i'm dogging jimbo because i think he did some good things and yeah yeah uh, i think we're in a better place today than we were when he was hired but sure. uh, you know, it's it is kind of poetic that as much as he preaches execution, uh, in in six years he just couldn't he couldn't convey that. You know, like and and you know, like I that's that's great that you know he's he's really convicted and believes in his system and his offense. You know, it worked in 2013 when he had a roster full of NFL <clears throat> draft picks. Um, but if you can't impart that knowledge on your players and have them play confident with it. Uh, it's not going to do you any good, and he he just could not make that adjustment to either narrow it down or you know adjust his his offense to you know maybe a more modern or or, or easy style to you know for the players to understand. And um, that, that's just that's who he is. He's he's going to coach what he's going to coach. Yeah, and and you know the bottom line is that like you know not everything that went wrong at A and M is Jimbo's fault ultimately. Sure. But the bottom I, I mean the reason that a head coach is brought in and paid all that money is because ultimately like you're going to get credit for everything that goes right, but you're going to get blamed for everything that goes wrong because mm-hmm. 
because like if a player screws up, that was a player you recruited. If a position coach, you know, doesn't like live up to their end of the bargain, it was a guy that you hired. Um, so I mean, that's whether it's fair or not, um, you know, the success and failure of the program is going to fall at his feet. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think we're good on, on, on kind of why we made Sorry, the change. I, I, got, I got kind of worked up. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. That's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do want to point out or, or, or kind of, uh, I, I do want to stress that, you know, you go back to 2017 and I, I think, you know, definitely like that was the last time that I was completely, you know, like, like disengaged and apathetic and, you know, like as soon as the UCLA game went final, I was like, yeah, th- this thing's over. Um, I don't have to watch that closely the rest of the year. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> um, and then obviously like, you know, we made a big time hire. I was like, Hey, like, this is it. Like we've got a championship winning head coach. Like this is, yeah. this is all great. Uh, the roster when Jimbo got here and, and the, the recruiting class that he had to try to salvage in the first year of the early signing period um, wasn't in a great spot. Yeah, like nope. they, they were outside of the uh, blue chip ratio. They were under fifty percent, uh, four and five star players. Um, you know, n- not a ton of of draft picks uh, in, in the coming years. They, they had some for sure, but uh, all in all, the team today is as talented as as I've seen at AM. <clears throat> I know you know in the eighties and nineties, you know there were some some pretty stout AM teams. This roster, if you can hold. The majority of it together uh is in a really really strong position yeah absolutely and i would say you know under someone it was the i think the kind of down cycle in recruiting success is a big part of what led to his teams not doing as well and ultimately what got him out the door and jim i guess kind of the opposite it's that you know he had he was wildly successful recruiting um and but the, the fact that he was unable to translate that to increased wins on the field, that's ultimately what cost him his job. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think that's why it, it's, it's part of why it was so frustrating for AM fans uh, to watch the past few seasons, but it also is what makes us so optimistic about if you can bring in the right hire, like this is not a, this is not a two or three year rebuild because as much as you know, yeah, Aina may not be like as talented as as Georgia or Bama next year, but like if you can just bring in a guy who who like can say, okay, like we're gonna beat the teams that we're more talented than, and I you know like pretty much across the board, and then we're gonna knock off a couple of the ones that you know are more talented or as talented. That suddenly like that's a really good season. Because I mean that was the thing that uh, I feel like that frustrated me this year, and it was it was part of why I like re- really kind of just was done with the Jimbo Fisher era. Was as you watch the games this year, you kind of started to realize, okay, so, so pretty much in the games where A and M just completely outclasses the opponent talent wise, we're gonna win. But yeah. in any game where the talent level is even remotely close we're probably we're probably going to find a way to to not pull it out yeah and and he would coach in a way that would it, it would lower the margin of error like if you were oh, yeah. on like a team like tennessee where they're the the, the talent like a has a little bit more but like they're a very talented team it's, it's pretty it's pretty similar 
um, you, you shouldn't be coaching that game like you're playing, you know, Goliath. Like, like this is a team that, that you're actually better than. Go out there and, and act like it and, and coach like it and coach aggressive. Um, and don't try to, oh, like, we're going to take it into halftime and uh, not use our time. Like, like, like it's, 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 it's just not, no, it, it's not it. And uh, I think, I think that game is, is, is kind of scarred for me. <laughs> Cause, you know, I, I think, I, yeah, it was like the turning point for me in, in the whole thing. So, um, but uh, I forgot what I was going to say, um, <laughs> you know, in, in terms, and this is what I was going to say, and it's going to sound weird because we're in this, you know, predicament that we're in, but uh, the things that Jimbo was able to do uh, actually gives me more hope going forward. And b before Jimbo got here, I was like, hey, you know, A&M is in a talent-rich state. It's very competitive. They can probably sign top five to seven classes pretty often and not be as talented as Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State, but be close enough that they can knock those teams off every now and then. Well, Jimbo came in and did that immediately, and then he signed the number one class ever. Yeah. And that's not something that we thought we would ever see at AM. Before that, we had never broken uh, 300 points on the composite score on 24-7, yeah. which Bama and Georgia do every single year. So I think – and it's what's, so, it's what's so frustrating. I said this last episode. That's the hardest part of this whole sport of college football is getting the players and signing yeah. those classes and beating out Ohio State and Georgia and Bama and and getting and, and getting the players. But Jimbo could do that part. He couldn't do the easy part, which is just <laughs> <laughs> which is just playing to their strengths. And you it know, is, and, yeah. And that's yeah, and that's why it was so like just maddening because yeah, like you said, it's like, it's like you did the hard part. You did the things that people said you couldn't do. And and then we couldn't just like we couldn't just find football coaches to, that would coach football well enough to actually utilize all, all of that talent they had. And that's, yeah. I mean, I mean, and I even saw, you know, we keep coming back to that Tennessee game. I saw so many like Tennessee fans saying after the game, basically it's like the better team did not win that game. Like a <laughs> was a better team than we were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've got to ask you this cause it's been on my mind, you know, with the, like whenever, you know, uh, a&M or any other school changes coaches, uh, there's always a debate about uh, the best job or the best this or the best that. Um, and, uh, you know, on some of the shows that I listen to, you know, from a national perspective on college football, um, in, in, in their minds, uh, A&M has, has always had the money and the resources and commitment uh, and has just failed to ever get it done. Um is is that your opinion that that we've currently under underachieved? Because it it kind of feels like to me that things really shifted in 2012 with with the SEC and Johnny Manziel, and then we were like, oh man, we we can actually do this. Let's start investing into the program. But before that, it was very kind of you know, uh, like it, it just feels like it wasn't there before that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because at this point, it's been about a decade. So I think a lot of people kind of forget that prior to AM coming, coming into the SEC, like AM was not viewed as this, like this you know, potential juggernaut program. Um, and people like still threw around the kind of sleeping giant moniker only right. because it's a huge school in Texas. Um, but I think, yeah, coming to the SEC uh, and then 
everything from starting with Johnny, which then led to the stadium redevelopment, the facilities upgrades. Um, and then obviously those facilities upgrades have only continued. Um, and then you get into NIL. Um, I think so much has happened in the past decade to like further enhance AM's position to where it's not just a like, oh, this is a program that like, you know, if they if the stars ever align, they could do really well. It's a like, no, like there is no reason they shouldn't be winning a lot of games right now. Yeah. Um and and you know, and, and it sucks. I mean, because yeah, you're I feel like you're always having to defend AM against other people who and, and people rightfully so they, they throw out there that like AM has everything except the trophies. Um but the bottom line is that like for for you know whatever coaches are looking at this job, like when coaches are looking at what they want in a a job that they're gonna take, no coach is saying like show me the trophy case. Right. He's saying like what's my assistant pool? What's my NIL pool? You know, like like what's what's the fan support? What's the what's the recruiting look like, you know, geographically? I mean and like and AM checks every single box that that a major coach is gonna want when he's asking about the things that are gonna help him win. Right. Um is it, you know, because like no coach is gonna say like, well you've got the yeah, you've got the facilities, you've got the NIL, you've you've got you know the geography for recruiting, you've got everything, you've got this you know massive stadium, um, but but you didn't win you know a conference title in the last twenty years, so I'm gonna pass. Yeah, yeah, no, it 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 just irks me, you know, and, and I can't fault like it's hard to know every school's history, but um, like I would a, a national person that's like, oh, like A and M's is so rich they never won anything in seventy years, and uh, it's not like we've had all this money for our entire, like, like, like A&M has not been the leader in coaching salary until like, until Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> it's not like we always just had the highest paid coach and never did anything with it. It's like, you know, I feel like, you know, back in the day, uh, there's probably a lot more regional. It's like, Oh, like as long as we can beat Texas and, you know, go to the cotton ball, it's a great season. Now it's like, Hey, we might can win the whole thing if we get everything right. So I feel like the uh, expectations have, have increased but it's not like we're a, you know, just a century long, you know, underachieving program that's dumped a ton of money in and, and never got anything out of it. I think that's a pretty recent phenomenon. But uh, and, and that alone is what is what, you know, it's it's a difference between us and, say, a Kansas State fan and, and no offense to Kansas State fans because it's a great program. But they probably understand they're never going to win a championship, you know, like they're in the middle of nowhere uh, and and competing for the conference and, you know, getting to the sugar bowl or whatever else is, is a, is a great season for them. And, and they should be happy with that. I think at A&M, you know, it's like, Hey, we, we have these resources. Now we have access to the talent. We're 90 miles from Houston, which puts out, you know, a tremendous amount of college football players. Uh, we're in this great conference with this, you know, we got this new TV deal and all this stuff. Uh, and we have great fans, you know, we have, uh, the largest enrollment in the country. And, you know, I think all of that combined is what, uh, you know, I guess is the reason that I have the expectations that I do. If it wasn't for that, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's, you know, let's try to beat our rivals, get to a bowl game mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. But with all of those other things, you know, I think this is a program that, and, and the people that run the program feel the same way. I think they're, they're saying, Hey, our goal is a championship and we're trying to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
because you're absolutely right that you know there are programs whether it's Kansas State or Missouri. You know, I don't mean to always just just like you know, bag on the Midwest, um, <laughs> but but I mean, but you know there there are right college football programs that you know say like no matter what we do, like there are going to be barriers whether it's financial or otherwise. They're going to yeah. prevent us from like truly competing year in year out against the college football elite. Um, for A and M, the answer is like the only thing you can say of like that is preventing AM from doing it is well they haven't done it before which is not really an answer you know it's like yeah you know i think it's josh pate says you know there's a difference between you know cannot and have not right AM has not there's no reason to say that they cannot yeah absolutely and there's differences in a great program and a great job like yep. ohio state's a great program and AM is not a great program but it is a great job. It's got literally every single thing you can want. It, it checks the box, you know? So um, I guess with, with, with that in mind, we have to throw our attention to the future. Um, yeah. I guess, do you, you want to go names first or do you want to go traits? Like, you know, we've seen... I like, yeah, let's go traits because okay. that's actually, that, that touches on kind of one thing. You just, you know, obviously the past 36 hours has been nothing but coaching talk for for AM fans right and um so many folks are focused on like you know you throw out a name and people don't like it because he's not at a high profile enough school or he hasn't like you know he hasn't won a big bowl game things like that um and i think too many folks get focused on like what have you accomplished versus like and 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 that's i think that's like a, a flawed argument because I mean, there are there are plenty of coaches out there who had great accomplishments and then you know got the next job and then totally flamed out yeah whereas there are there are coaches who you know were still kind of like young up-and-comers who had not proved a lot yet that when they finally got that shot went off into the stratosphere so yeah so absolutely the right way to look at this is like it's not like look at accomplishments on a resume it is like it's what traits do you want in your head coach and find the guy that checks those boxes and, and matches all those traits right and yeah you know, I, I think that that's that's probably a good way to look at it because you know like back whenever we were getting ready to fire sherman um i think i think kirby smart was like a, like kind of an off the radar kind of candidate we're like oh like you know like like what about Kirby Smart? Like oh, like he's not a head coach. He's never been a head coach. You know, he's you know he's not gonna get it done here. So, you know, let's go hire the U of H coach. You know, he's much more qualified. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think you know, like I, I, obviously, like you you want the whole package. You want you know, been a head coach has has won at a high level, been in the SEC, blah blah blah, and that's probably not realistic to to check everything. But I think you have to look at you know. Like, like, what is that coach's plan when they get here? Uh, yeah. Do they do they eat, sleep, and breathe recruiting? That's probably a must in this conference. Uh, so you got to have that. And honestly, for me, it's 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 that factor. And uh, you know, not to be ageist, I, I I would skew younger a little bit in in our next hire if it was up to me. Um, yeah, I've I've seen every team I've I've ever rooted for hire old guys, and, you know, <laughs> and they've just kind of been stuck in their ways, and you know, and, and nothing against that, but like, uh, you know, a guy like Nick Saban is is no spring chicken, but he adapts every year. Like he's always, you know, uh, if the sport changes around him, he adapts to that and is even better. So, um, 
that's probably the most important thing to me is uh, the ability to recruit and, you know, the ability to run a program in 2024, you know, like in, in, in what, in what the, you know, the circumstances are, what the rules are today with, with transfers and NIL and all that stuff. Like you have to be able to be a bit of a CEO at times and, and, or, or, or at least, you know, uh, like have someone that can do it for you and, and delegate that responsibility. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely think, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you have to get younger, but I mean, Jimbo is 57. There, yeah. There's not a whole lot of like elite candidates out there that like, where you'd want to go older than that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I, think, but, I, I think Saban is like 71. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's probably, he's probably not coming here. <laughs> I mean, but you are right, though, that, like, it's being older is not, like, completely eliminate the ability for you to adapt. But, yeah, but the younger a guy is, the more they're going to be more, like, on the leading edge of, like, you know, what's happened in football in the past 10 years as opposed to what happened, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. Um, I biggest thing for me is just – I don't know. I guess it's like, I just, I don't care about making a splashy hire um, because I think mostly just because we got so burned by it last time, you know, that we were all so enamored with, you know, bringing in a national championship winning coach. Um, And the bottom line is that like, like you, you don't have to have that to win. Yeah. Um, Because you look at, you know, obviously Dan Lanning at Oregon, who is a name a lot of people have thrown out there for the AM job. I mean, he had never been a head coach before, before he went to Oregon. Um, you know, trying to, I had a whole bunch of names on this earlier. Oh, well, girl, Kirby Smart's one of them. Like you said, Kirby Smart, you know, obviously had been at Bama for a long time, but he'd never been a head coach before he went to Georgia. Right. Um, or even uh, just guys like, you know, um, out in Washington, Kalen DeBoer. Yeah came from Fresno State. You know, Josh Heifel in Tennessee was at UCF. So, I mean, there's, you know, there are success stories out there of guys who, like, either had not been a head coach before or did not have Power 5 experience. Yeah. That, but they were good football coaches and they had a plan and are doing quite well. Right. I think we get too wrapped up in, uh, like, the – I guess maybe like, like like the name program, like oh, like yep. we, like we, we, like obviously Jimbo was was kind of an outlier. Like typically, you don't steal a a championship winning head coach from somewhere, mm-hmm. but like I think we we focus too much on that and not is this a good football coach? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you know, I I think I would probably prefer someone with SEC experience, but that's that's not a requirement for me. You know, like I think like, it, it would be ideal, but like. I think recruiting is still recruiting and football is still football. If you've done it in the PAC 12 or the big 10 or ACC, wherever else um, you can probably translate it here. If you're, if you're good at it. Um, And that's why, like, you know, for me, I I think Dan Lanning is my number one. Um, If, you know, it's going to be hard, it's going to be a tough pull because he, he makes 7 million a year already. He's got a $20 million buyout. He he might be in the playoff, you know, when, when that rolls around. So the timing wouldn't be great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by guys like, uh, like Chris Kleiman at, at Kansas state, uh, and, and Lance Leipold at Kansas. I, I think Lance Leipold is, I think he's in his early sixties. Um, 
but dude has won everywhere he's been. He's got he's yeah. got Kansas, you know, like going to bowls, <laughs> like has been yeah. in the top twenty five, and like and and he's had some injuries and stuff like that. But like for, for you know, I think a, a guy like that, or like like either of those two guys, or you know, um, a coach like that, I, I wouldn't be opposed to having someone who's just hey, this is a really good coach, uh, and you know, uh, 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 enthusiastic recruiter let's plug him into this, this team with all these resources and see what he does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause you only have to go back to, you know, two years ago, we talked earlier about all those like high profile hires that, that happened that year. Um, like, you know, Mar Mario Cristobal, Oregon to Miami, you know, he went five and seven last year. I think what, what are they like six and four this year? Is that not, right? Yeah, not, not good this year. Yeah. Like, like very, like very underwhelming. Um, even, I mean, <sighs> Brian Kelly at LSU, great year one. Um, but I mean, if they lose to AM to close the season, we're gonna have the same record they are after we just yeah. fired our coach. Uh Lincoln Riley at USC, you know, they're I think they're six and four right now. They're you know, they're going through some struggles too. So it's people, you know, think that like people think that like the higher profile, the higher, the more like foolproof it is. And that's just not the way college football works, unfortunately. Um, and and what we just did is a prime example of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's no bigger example of it than Jimbo. Um, so I, you're gonna see a lot of people that if we don't if we don't hire like a guy who is currently at another Power Five job, they're gonna they're gonna you know moan and complain about it not being uh, you know a big enough hire. And my thing is just like, I mean, I guess they're they're not too many hires out there that i wouldn't say like okay like let's give them a shot because other than like and now if, if we bring in some like tired old retread that like, you know just generates zero excitement that's one thing yeah. but i mean there there are so many good coaches out there who you know maybe they're having to access where they are and then if you plug them into a place that has all the advantages adam has you just like supercharge that success yeah no, I think, I think you're spot on with that. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said a guy like, um, like Matt Campbell at Iowa state, yeah. um, you know, uh, has, has taken a, you know, a pretty lowly program and, and had some really great years with them. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know who they're going to end up with or, or who they're even targeting or, or what the, you know, I, I'm looking at a list of odds right now and Lane Kiffin is number one. I can tell you right now, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, don't, no, don't, don't, no don't, don't place any bets on, on Lane Kiffin. Uh, that's, yeah, it's no. very, very unlikely. Um, no. hey, hey, you mentioned Matt Campbell. If he wins, uh, against Texas this weekend, he, his name's probably going to get thrown out there too. <laughs> yep. Go ahead and go ahead and fly the plane out there. Go pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, I, I I do like Chris Kleiman, but um, he, he kind of had a debacle at the end of their game against Texas, where uh, you know, like they had missed some field goals and they got to overtime, and uh, instead of uh, tying it with the extra point, he went for two and they didn't get it and they lost. And like, I'm I'm able to get over that, but for some people, are like, oh, you're gonna hire a guy that lost to Texas, you know, like you know, that might. But once again, it's one of those like he lost to Texas at Kansas State. Yeah, with like probably two or three four four or five star players you know? yeah yeah instead of, yeah. Instead of 60 yeah. like you might have here yeah people need to, like, people need to like move past the whole like, like what they did in their previous stop does not equate to they will do the like that they'll do the exact same thing here you know 
because you can do something at one place and then you go to a better situation and the results are better as well. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, there's a, there's very few that I'd, that I'd be like upset about. Um, I guess number one would be Deion Sanders. Uh, just, I, I'm, I'm sick of A&M being a circus and, like I just yeah. want, Ooh. I just want someone level-headed. <laughs> and I want some stability. Um, I, I think Dion demoted uh, his OC a couple weeks ago, who's like the best coach on that staff by far. Yeah, uh, and their offense was not the problem whatsoever, and he got demoted. So, um, among other things, uh, the, yeah, the, yeah. I think I think we still need to see one more year out of Dion because they certainly like. I mean, Colorado improved this year. No sure. Doubt. Yeah. You know they're they're better than they were the past couple of years, um, but we need to see like can they actually take it to where you know they're no longer awful, but can they actually get to be good? Right. Um, because everything that they did at Jackson State, to me, that was just okay. Like you know you had this like recruiting behemoth, you know, if, like by FCS standards, and so you won a lot of games. But yeah, but you had like the overwhelming talent advantage oh, in pretty much yeah. every game you played yeah um and and that's that's never going to be the case in in the sec um so like i would need to see something from him to where it's like he actually like develops a program where okay like you know now we're now beating teams that were you know, where we are on like a pretty comparable talent level and that's right. and that may happen i just you can't see that after one year yeah that's, that's exactly right um yeah, I think I think Dion, uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, Ugh, no, 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 thank <laughs> like, you. Um, I, th- yeah, that's like the definition of like you are like really truly just like you know selling your soul to try to get yeah. a national title. Because <laughs> yeah. like, and it's you, as you, much might, as, you, you, know, you might you might win one to be honest. You might, but... <laughs> you might. Um, but it but it is one of those like I know that you know this game is not played or coached by Saints for the most part, um, but. You want, but you want to have people that you can find something about them to say, like, I can root for this guy, and like, right. and I, I like this guy, and just like, I mean, Urban Meyer, from all we actually know from him, seemed just like, like a pretty crummy dude who yeah. just happened to back. be a really good football coach. Yeah. Um. So it's like, yes, yeah, like I'm sure the wins would be fun, but it might feel kind of gross. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, there's ties with Mike Elko. Um. I think he's a really good coach. He's done some, some, you know, some great things at Duke already. Um, uh, they might look there. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Jeff trailer, UTSA, uh, yeah. obviously, you know, uh, huge ties to uh, Texas high school football. Uh, I'm sure he, he would be beloved by the, the coaches in the state. He should be able to re- recruit really well. Um, you know, I, I don't think his name is on here. I'm going to check really quick. But um, uh, Freeman at Notre Dame, uh, yeah. I don't know what they're paying him, or, or you know, I, I'm sure he was he, he was thrilled to get that job, and he's done a a, a pretty good job so far. Um, but I wonder with with Kelly going to LSU, if you know, and I think when when Freeman tried to hire uh, an OC last year, they had the guy from Utah, and like the the school wouldn't pony up and and like and, and money whip him basically <laughs> i'm like yeah if you're a big time program like you need to go hire the the you know 
assistance that, that assistance that, that your coach wants. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm curious if 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 we look in that direction at all, um, or what his buyouts like. A, a super under the radar guy that I I, I kind of like is uh, is Jed Fish at Arizona. Um, yeah, Arizona's ranked right now. I don't, I don't know if yeah, knows that. No, I know. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, like they've like they like they've been beating good teams in the Pac-12 after being like their win total was like one and a half last year. Like they were, you know, like he came into a, a horrible situation um, and has done really well. And like he had a quarterback go down and has, has been better since that happened. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we've got some experience with, with, with quarterback injuries. And it, he was an NFL guy, right? He was like a yeah. quarterback coach or something like that. Yeah. I think he was, uh, I know he was with Sean McVay with the Rams for a little bit. Um, but, uh, which, which I kind of, I kind of like, you know, like obviously, yeah. uh, college, you know, different game with recruiting all that and all that. And Jeff Fish has been in college before. Um, but some of that NFL experience, you know, especially with, with, uh, with how they play offense, um, I think it's pretty valuable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, guy just seems like a, like a really solid coach that has gone to a program with not a lot of resources and, uh, turned them into a, a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely one of those, even though that is a power power five job, that's not like a name that draws a lot of headlines. Yeah. It's not Dan Lane. Uh, yeah. But I mean, but could be like, like I said, he's, he's like way, way surpassed expectations in Arizona. Yeah. 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 One other name I'll throw out there uh, is uh, Willie Fritz over at Tulane. Yeah. Um, because obviously Tulane the past two years, you know, just pretty much killing it in, in G5. And and I actually didn't know this until I was looking at it uh, just yesterday. But, you know, his previous coaching stops, he was he was head coach at Sam Houston. He was a head coach at Blinn um, at one point. So definitely has, like, some Texas ties, uh, which kind of just like Jeff Trailer you touched on, you know, that can do nothing but help you just as far as, coming in here and hopefully setting up some, I think, recruiting pipelines. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of, uh, of, of coordinators, and I, I guess RC is the last uh, coordinator hire that we had, like he was DC got promoted. Um, but is any coordinator out there that, that would, that would pique your interest? Uh, first one that comes to mind for me is, is Glenn Schumann at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I don't know a lot about him. I don't either. I keep seeing his name, a, though. <laughs> a lot of people have talked about it, and he's the D.C. at Georgia. So, yeah. so, so it's hard, hard to not think he's doing a pretty good job. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know enough to really have strong opinions about him. Um, right. You know, I, you know, I couldn't tell you where he was. I, I take that back. I looked it up. He was uh, an Alabama grad and basically started off as an Alabama GA and kind of like yeah. came up from there. Yeah, um, I saw I saw someone say that he has six championship rings from being with uh, <laughs> with, really? with, 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 with Saban and Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> nice. If nothing else, that'd be the great great photo op at the, at the press conference. It's just like have yeah. him up there in the in the maroon blazer with like all six rings. You know, yeah. just <laughs> like he was, he was probably like like the ball boy for one of those. But like, hey, he's got a ring. We don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any other. I feel like there's maybe one other coordinator out there who was a big one i think the one like the only one that i could think of and i don't think they would do this but uh is is brian hartline at ohio state that yep there it is 
It's his. That's what I was thinking of. I think it's a, it's his first year as as being the OC. I think he's been a receivers coach there for a while. Um, but talk about recruiting. Uh, that guy will get it done if you hire him. Yeah. I don't I don't know about anything else about running the program, but uh, that aspect would be just fine under Heartline. Yeah, and I'm just gonna throw it out there just because it's an A&M podcast, but it would be the A&M dream if we could get. Dan Campbell to come here from the Lions. So Dan Campbell's head coach, he brings Aaron Glenn with him, who's his defensive coordinator. And then he can just go ahead and bring in uh, Gerard Johnson, who's yes. the QB coach for the Texans, and just make yes. him OC. And just have, have the the all-Aggie coach-coordinator <laughs> combo. Which honestly would be an awesome coaching staff. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's, it's actually like a pretty, a pretty salty group. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it's one of those where it's like, you know, when you when you talk about like oh it's like you're just trying to get all like a bunch of Aggie grads to be your coaches like that sounds like a terrible idea until you actually put out the name and you're like no I think that would actually be pretty great yeah <laughs> if if anything the problem would be getting those guys out of the NFL which right. you know and, and I think you know Dan Campbell chiefly among them it'd right. be a pretty tough pull yeah no uh, I I think it would like I I love Dan Campbell like I would like I uh, I watched him on Hard Knocks you know last year yeah. in his first year and. Or I guess his second year, um, he's he's killing it. I'm I'm excited for him and the Lions, but uh, I, I I think not not this coaching search, but you know in the future maybe sometime down the line, uh, I I could see Gerard Johnson coming back here in, in some capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, doing great things with C.J. Stroud and the Texans yeah. um, has like he's been in the NFL for a, a pretty good while now. Has been working his way up, so um, you know. I think he loves AM and m and, and honestly, he, he might be an NFL head coach before too long, so we, we might miss out. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it would be cool to get him back here. Um, the last one I'll bring up, unless you have any more. Um, no. And I, I typically wouldn't say this, uh, but I'm interested after, you know, just a little bit after his press conference today, but Elijah Robinson. Um, yeah. Has, has, has been here from the get-go with Jimbo. Um, maybe the the best coach on the staff, e- easily the best, you know, maybe outside of Jimbo, the best recruiter on the staff. Um, the the players seem to love him. Um, just seems like a great, just a great dude. And uh, his his press conference today was was super impressive. But I, I don't think they'll they'll do that. And I, I do think they'll try to keep him on as uh, you know. I think that's probably top priority for for the next coach. Um, but if they, if they did decide to do that, say they miss out on their top targets and they just promote Elijah, I wouldn't be that mad about it. Yeah. My, my only concern with him is just like, as far as like, who can he hire as coordinators? Cause right. you know, cause like, cause most of his coaching time has been here at A&M. I think it's A&M and Penn state. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, does he have enough like clout in that community to draw in, you know, that, high level coordinator and, yeah. and 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 maybe that's it if maybe he's there and maybe maybe he keeps petrino and, and durgan for all we know which would be super weird maybe, maybe we, like, we, we we go and just blow lsu out yeah, with, yeah, with, the, like, with this trio yeah it's like it's like oh we had a coaching change uh but it was actually just jimbo everyone else <laughs> yeah jimbo maybe maybe adazio throw, thrown in there but. yeah i was about to say <laughs> T- turns out the other guys were all just fine. It's just our, our head guy. Yeah. What he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a this this is a crazy sport that we follow. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and if, and if you're looking to, at resume and guys that seem gettable, uh, you know, there is, there is a, a power five coach out there who's currently at nine and one that only makes 5 million a year. And he's been coaching in the Lone Star State for the past few years. He might be gettable. I mean, you make that call, right? You you have to pick up the phone. Yeah. And, and call Steve. Who Parker. says no? <laughs> you know, I remember uh, over the summer, like some Texas fans, but I, I tried to mute, you know, most of the bad ones. Um, but but there were some Texas fans talking about uh, like if if Sark had a really great year this year they wouldn't need to extend them because like, you know, they're Texas and like, no one's going to leave Texas. And I'm like, like oh, you, 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 you you're going to extend, you're going to extend Sark if y'all have a good year. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's crazy talk. Well, nothing else. I think, cause he's not, was he, he have a five-year contract or was it six? Do you know? Uh, I, I feel like it was five, but I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. Like he's already, it'll be three years in. Yeah. Like you don't, you, if a guy like. He's making five. Know, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I mean if he like, whether if he wins a conference title, goes to the playoff, whatever. Yeah, it's like you don't let a guy to like ride into year four of a year five of a five year contract. Yeah, yeah, you're you're just begging for someone to come money whip him. I don't want to 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 talk about too much, you know, Texas on here because I've tried to not do that. But sure, it, it, it's it's weird that like they're having a like a, a really nice year. And their fans don't seem that thrilled with Sark. <laughs> like they think like his his play calling gets a little too cute sometimes, and they, they don't put teams away. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's probably a valid criticism. Well, but. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. They are they are lucky to still be nine and one, um, because yeah. whether it was Houston or Kansas State or TCU, like they've had some really close calls. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, and at some point when you, you know, I think I think their fans rightfully so. It's like when you have that many close calls. It, it just feels like like at some point like you know one of those is gonna is gonna bounce the other way um so they've been really lucky so far and, and it's i mean if, if they if they don't lose to iowa state this saturday i don't think tech is gonna beat them because i don't think yeah. tech has that in, in them this year their, their fans seem legit worried about going to ames this saturday like they yeah, are, oh they do they do they're, they're absolutely dreading it so yeah, it's like it, it would be even more frustrating. It's like it's like be the anti A and M where A and M was always like, you know, in every in every single loss, it's like we were like you know one score away. Whereas in Texas do, goes the opposite, where they you know have like they go eleven and one, but like half of their schedule was you know nail biters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like they say to win your clunkers, and like half their schedule was a clunker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Sark's first year they were like zero and five and one score games or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so hey, it's probably just regressing a little bit. I'm sure next year they'll be like seven and five, or eight and four, and uh, there there'll be a big meltdown about it. You know, what? they can do it. I short of winning a national title, they can do whatever they want this year as long as they come in and lose to us next year. I'll be. That's happy. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know that that right there could be a good selling point. Hey, come come to A and M and be the first coach. You know, in uh, in 12 years to actually play this team that we hate so much. Um, you got a great cast to, to get it done with. And, uh, you know, yeah. among all the other, give us, points. yeah, give, give us like a whole year of, you know, of like, whether it's, you know, this coach is, is undefeated against Texas or, yeah. you know, Texas A&M has, has never lost to Texas as members of the SEC. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're going to bring you here on a one-year deal. You beat Texas 10 years, full of guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, 
I, I think that I think it's going to do it for us today. Um, uh, great, great conversation, Robert. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, I, I, I say this all the time, but it's it's like that 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 the gift of that guy where he's like, just when I I say I'm out, they they pull me back in. Yep. And yep. Uh, you know, I, I I hate having to do it, but you know, I I I get. I geek out over a, co- a coaching search. I think it's, Oh yeah, it's, man. It's, it's one of the, the, the funnest things to follow. And you know, the, the, the rumors are, are already swirling and the message boards are blowing up. It's, it's great. If, if you own a, a message board site, you, you love a coaching search. Like you get more hits that month than, than probably any other time of the year. Um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I was, I talked to you about it before this and you know, like on good yeah, funding, you, you yeah. know, I did a, did a, a coaching candidate article yesterday, which, you know, was like just complete spitballing. It's not even like any real information. And, and that thing, that thing went nuts because, because it's what everyone wants to know about. Um, yep. But yeah, so it's like super fun right now, just as we're speculating and as you know, the guy gets hired and then, and then it just resets kind of your optimism clock. Uh, yeah, because it does. you know it, it, it's kind of like opening day in baseball it's like everything is new like you know all of the possibilities are there um and and, and you know so you have you have hope that maybe this is the time it's going to work out yeah uh last uh last sunday night um we had the the loss to Ole miss um the cowboys lost a, a tight game to the eagles who i cannot stand um and that night i was like I was telling I was telling my wife I was like, you know what, babe, I'm just gonna take a step back from from this football thing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this this weekend on top of the entire season, you know that that I've uh, and co- to combine with last year that I've been through, I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. And uh, I said that, and then we make a co- or we, you know make a move at head coach, and now I'm like, there's so much potential. <laughs> there's so I'm much back. potential. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> that's oh, uh, so true yeah but uh you know it, it's an it's an exciting time um you know i'm i'm fired up uh you know and as this thing unfolds i, I have no clue when they're going to announce it or, or what's like one info is going to come out this week but um we had to sit down today and get something out there and, and kind of go over this um you know from from starting this podcast with you know uh, you know, it, it, it might be us that's the problem because we started this podcast and things went downhill immediately. <laughs> so we might need to suspend operations for a while. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's exciting times. Um, uh, any, any any last words before we get out of here? Well, man, I'm just I'm just excited. You know, like you are. Um, hopefully, we're here back in a couple weeks and we're talking about the new hire, breaking that down, and you know that that's a whole other conversation. So I look forward to having it with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you all for joining us. Um, uh, we'll, we'll try to get Chase back this week. Uh, he's the hardest working man in finance, um, d- doing some some big things in his in his uh, in his career right now. So, uh, had some other obligations tonight, but um, we're trying to get him on and uh, you know, obviously uh, go through this with him and, and get his thoughts. But uh, Robert, I appreciate you very much, and uh, we'll get you on when we get a when we get something official from the the coaching front. Sounds good. All right, thanks, y'all. Gig him.